Amen. How many are glad to be in the house of God this morning? Amen. How many enjoyed the snow this week? Man, we're we're making up for last year, aren't we? Man, this has been fun. I I mean, I'm becoming a pro at doing snowmen. Uh, The first one I did this uh, this year looked like a snow blob, but uh, this week was was uh, very colorful. Had a lot of colorful teeth. Uh, I don't know, you know, if I will win any contest, uh, but uh, it's what you do when you have a five-year-old, right? Uh, so it is uh, great to be here, and man, I think anybody could preach after that, Pastor, of hearing about the land. So, so excited. Wow. Uh, this, this church, uh, Heather and I, uh, uh, this, we've been here in eight years so far this journey, and uh, we are excited about what God is doing, and, and I just want to let you know, as, as a missionary evangelist for 28 years, wherever I go in the world, I am always telling them about my home church, Wrightsville Assembly of God in Wrightsville, Pennsylvania, uh, there is, God is doing something great, and it's been an encouragement to share pastor to many other pastors uh, that uh, COVID it was was not a, a a death grip on us. It was a time that God says, in spite of COVID, uh, we're going to make you grow. We're we're going to take you places you never thought you could go. And and God just began to do some incredible things. And I share the vision of what our pastor shares to us and how they can literally see the success that God is having at Wrightsville. And uh, so uh, all over the world, people know about this church, and uh, it is always a privilege and honor. Um, As a missionary evangelist, uh, this is uh, Heather and I's home church. You may not see me often uh, because uh, I'm always out speaking someplace Somewhere in the world uh, this next weekend, I will be in Sunnyside, Washington, speaking a weekend revival. How many has ever been to Sunnyside, Washington? It is a place, my wife has her hand up, she has been there. It is a place uh, uh, which they have a, uh, a lot of orchards and uh, a lot of agriculture, and uh, it's a really uh, a beautiful part of Washington. It's in the southern part. Uh, but we are always going around the world. Uh, uh, 50, 57, 58 countries have been to so far. And one of the things that we do, our soccer salvation camp, and they're going to throw up on the screen for you to see uh, just what one of the, our most recent one that we did in Piquet Canero in uh, Ciara, Brazil. Uh, Piquet Canero is the city, Ciara is the state, and Brazil obviously is the country, and how God gave us favor with the local uh, government, the mayor, and the secretary of sports. Uh, the mayor was there helping us to hand out the trophies and medals to the champions. Uh, every night we had a crusade, as we do. We have done 44 of these all over the world, and this one we did. Uh, we were able to gain favor uh, the day of the last day of the crusade and camp. We decided to have uh, take a step of faith and ask if we could shut down the busy street in front of the church and do the crusade out in the street. 
we had such favor, something that would have taken months of getting permits and, and hiring this and doing all this here in America. Uh, same day, we got all the approval we needed. We did a stage from one side to the other side of the street, set out hundreds of chairs, and literally reached a community, shut things down so that God could start things up. And uh, we need your help. We cannot do it. We are a nonprofit organization. We are tax exempt. Uh, all donations are tax exempt. And we need your help as our home church to stand with us on your way out today. You can get a prayer card uh, that will help you to remind you we need your prayers. We need your support. Go to our website, go to our Facebook, and see what God is doing and using us. Uh, I was just in Brazil. Again, right before Christmas, I was in the Czech Republic this past year for the very first time. And so God is doing great things across the nation and around the world. But wanted to quickly give you that uh, update. And each one of these soccer salvation camps, we need to raise between fifteen dollars and $20,000. And you know what? Uh, you know, when I hear pastor tell us what we need for land uh, and I hear what different projects, you know, God's got all the money in the world. That's, that's not an issue. The money is never an issue it's but this is how God does it he always uses people I've never seen God write a check from heaven's bank account and 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 how he does it he uses people and if everybody does their part there's no issue so don't look at 780,000 just for the land as this insurmountable overwhelming thing look at as what am I supposed to do what am I supposed to do and then God takes care of the rest he has the best interest plan ever he compounds it and uh, running over I want you to stand for the reading of God's word if you would quickly turn with me to first Kings chapter 19 first Kings chapter 19 if you don't know where 1 Kings is, it's right before 2 Kings. just want to help you out. I don't know if that helps you or confuses you even more, but 1 Kings chapter 19. Now, I am from the south, okay? I am a southern preacher, and one of the things about that is, is uh, I count on crowd participation. Uh, it's funny, as an evangelist, I'll go to a place, so speaking to a church, and uh, I feel like I preached to the wall the whole time, like like had no clue if anybody was being touched. And <clears throat> after service, some up, somebody will come up to me. That was life-changing. I mean, that was the most amazing. I mean, God blessed me. God spoke through. And I'm like, why didn't you let me know in the middle of it? Please don't wait. You won't mess me up if you say amen. If you don't know when to say an amen, throw it out randomly. God will use it, okay? It's all okay. It will encourage me, okay? It will not mess me up, amen? I'm sure Pastor Aaron, Pastor Chris will say the same thing. Amens are always encouraged and accepted, amen? Oh, that's awesome. Praise God. 1 Kings chapter 19, just want to read a few scriptures. I'm not going to read the whole story, 
about Elijah at this moment, right after these called fire down from heaven, but Jezebel wants him to be killed. And I want to begin in verse 4. And while he himself went a day's journey into the desert, he was committing to being done. He was, doing, he, was, he was making sure that he was going to go into the desert. He left his servant, so he had nobody help. He didn't have any provisions, and that meant if he's going to go a day's journey into the desert, then it would be literally two days in the desert to get out of the desert. So, in other words, it was going to be an impossible situation. He came to a broom tree, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord. He said, take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. And he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. I don't know about you, but if I'm fast asleep and an angel touches me on the shoulder, I'm dead. I mean, it was just fulfilled. What I asked, take my life, scare me to death, right? No, no, it wasn't like that. Angel said, get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. And the angel Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, hear this, get up and eat. For the journey is too much for you. 2024 is going to be too much for you unless we learn to eat daily from what God has to offer. Daily, the word of God and daily prayer, a one-hour service on Sunday morning is so important but the last time I checked, there ain't a person in this room that eats a meal once a week, and that's enough. There's no one that drinks just one glass of water a week, and that's enough. 2024 is going to be too much for us unless we get up and eat. And then let me tell you, what God has to eat, it's worth getting up for. It's worth getting up for. Father, may your anointing be upon this time of your word. God, speak to us. Lord, specifically, every person in this room, may they walk out with their own encounter with God. May there be an anointing upon this time of your word. Speak to us, O oh God, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Uh, how many watched the Super Bowl last weekend? How many watched it? How many watched it? You watched the Super Bowl? Uh, maybe you had different motivations. Maybe you're a football fan. Maybe your teams were in there. Maybe you watched for the commercials. Maybe a, a million different reasons. Maybe you were just, you only have one TV and somebody took it captive to watch the Super Bowl and you were forced to watch it and you don't care anything about it. However you watched the Super Bowl last week, uh, it truly turned into one of the historic Super Bowls in history. Um, one of the great Super Bowls because of how competitive it was, and it came down right to the end. In fact, it went into overtime. 
Now, I don't know if you heard about this, but this was truly amazing to me when I heard it. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, Kansas City Chiefs played the San Francisco 49ers. And in the overtime, uh, only reason why you would go into overtime is you're tied, okay? And so you go into this overtime, and in the overtime, uh, Kansas City Chiefs came out on top, and they beat the San Francisco 49ers. This was literally shocking to me when I heard it. Some of the San Francisco 49ers, the, the ones that lost, some of the players in the actual Super Bowl admitted this week that they didn't even know all the rules that applied into overtime. They didn't have a clue with some of the new rules, what was going on. And do you know what Kansas City said? They said, not only did we know the rules, but we also practice for if we got to overtime. They planned and had a strategy for overtime. They were prepared. They were the ones that came out victorious because they knew what to do when it came to overtime, not only knowing what to do, but they knew the rules. Can I tell you that we as the body of Christ, understanding the time that we are in, we are in the overtime period, okay? We are in the last days, and the enemy is trying. Look what's happened to Israel. I mean, if you are not a theologian, I am not a theologian. If you are not an authority on prophecy, it doesn't take anybody special to understand we are in the last days. And so we are in an overtime period. And let me tell you something, the enemy knows the rules to overtime. A lot of times better than the own church. People that are supposed to know the rules and the word of God and what we can expect right here in the word of God. And this, this, this message came out of when I was just in Brazil and I, uh, right before Christmas, I was asked, it was a, a very high, high honor to be asked to speak at the pastor's conference for the Assemblies of God in Brazil. And I spoke the first night and the last night. And the general superintendent of the Assemblies of God of Brazil spoke the second night and the third night. And I told my wife when I got home, I said, baby, I said, if I didn't go to Brazil for any other reason, it was for the message that the general superintendent spoke on that second night that he spoke. And he spoke about Elijah. Now, please understand, I'm not up here preaching his message, okay? I'm not plagiarizing, okay? If you're like a lot of ministers, we will sit in a service that somebody's speaking and God will begin to speak to us about what is being spoken. But then God will take a right hand turn or a left hand turn and he will give us a rabbit hole to chase. And we start writing down notes as fast as we can. And then God begins to add. And that's exactly what God did. So I was I was I was inspired from that message. And then God began to speak to me about the fact that we as the body of Christ 
are a lot of times facing what Elijah faced. And what he was facing was, here was a man of God, a great prophet of God, that just called fire down from heaven and experienced a move of God. And yet, when that experience was over and he found out that Jezebel wanted him dead, he ran to a cave and was ready to give up. Can I tell you something about our God? I don't know why you're in a cave this morning. It may be a cave of depression. It may be a cave of suicidal thoughts. It may be a cave of an addiction. It may be a cave of being overwhelmed with your finances. It may be a cave because your marriage is being attacked. I don't know why you're in a cave this morning, a dark place, a place of loneliness, a place that you think that God has given up on you or, or wants to give up on you. But let me tell you something about our God. Even if you run to a cave, my God will find the cave that you're in because he cares about you. He is not interested in jumping on you and condemning you. He is interested in reminding you that he is a faithful God and he has plans for you. He has something for you to do in 2024. Two days ago, my family in Oklahoma buried my cousin my cousin and his wife's youngest daughter 20 years old from an accidental overdose you know what broke my heart when i heard about this is we as the family had no clue that she was struggling with this, with an addiction. She was in a rehab center that she had been going to. She was trying to overcome this, and yet we didn't know. Can I tell you that the enemy wants to keep people of God isolated and alone in your pain and in the things that you're carrying because if he can isolate you in that cave then you will stay in a dark place and you will stay in a place that you think God can't find you and doesn't want to find you but can I tell you he wants to find you and not only does he want to find you he will find you and he doesn't think that it's a waste of time or resources because God said, I'm sending an angel right to that cave to give angel food cake to Elijah, along with strawberries and whipped cream and no guilt calories because God said, get this, I've got work for you to do. I've got the next king of Israel that I need you to anoint. I need you to be willing and ready to anoint Elisha 
with a double portion of the anointing upon your life. While you're telling God, take my life, God is saying, go anoint the next king of Israel. While you're saying, I'm ready to give up and the enemy has attacked me too much, God's saying, I've got an Elisha in your future that I need you to get out of this cave. I need you to eat. And then I need you to get back to doing what I've called you to do. I know that you think that one woman that once you dead is enough but it's not enough and I'm here to tell you something today that yesterday when I was praying in my home God said I want you to be so sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit that you understand that every service is going to be different I need you to understand that God told me yesterday be so sensitive because there are There are different people in every service, and I need to say different things to some for you to understand how much God loves you, and he cares for you, and he has something for you to do. My cousin's youngest daughter, name is Jaden. Beautiful 20-year-old girl who was raised in a Christian home and raised in church. Who was her Elijah? Many of you know my testimony. My spine is so messed up and causes me so much pain every day of my life. I just had another over $12,000 procedure on my spine to try to cauterize four nerve endings. For those over $12,000 not to work, Because all they keep trying to do is undo what man has damaged. I have a failed double disc fusion. I've got broken titanium screws in my vertebrae that they cannot get out. I have four fractures. I have the compression sandwich effect at every MRI that they do. My next MRI is on Tuesday of this week. They tell me that every level of my spine has something wrong with it, that I only have more surgeries in front of me, but with no guarantee. And do you understand that even, and the reason I say that is sometimes you see people up here on stage ministering by music, by, by speaking, by, by other giftings, uh, uh, all these things. And sometimes you assume that everything is good, just like there's the assumption that when we come into the house of God, what happens? We put on our Sunday church face and we put on our Sunday church smile and we begin to try to convince everybody, I'm 
I'm not in a cave. I'm not in a cave. No, I'm not in a cave. But the reality is, do you know that I was preaching a service at, 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 a, at a church and in the middle of the message, the pastor came up and took the mic out of my hand. He literally took the mic out of my hand with no explanation. He asked me to sit down. I was like, man, I, I must have been a really bad preacher. I mean, I, I mean, this was horrible. I mean, what kind of heresy was I preaching? Was I really that bad? I mean, I was only about 10 to 15 minutes into the message, and he just walks up on stage, takes the mic out of my hand, and asks me to sit down. But you see, uh, the reason why he did that, he sensed where I was going with the story I was getting ready to tell about a 15-year-old young man that, that was going to commit suicide uh, because his, his father never had time for him and never told told him I love you and so the pastor sensed that that was going and what the reality is is I didn't know what happened the Sunday before you see the Sunday before the pastor was preaching preached a great service there was a couple in church that was there they're always there they're faithful just like everyone sit in this room you're faithful to the house of God and that couple went home on a Sunday afternoon two and a half hours after being in a church service just like this the wife gets up without any explanation walks into their bathroom pulls out a pistol sticks it up to her head pulls the trigger and kills herself you say ron why would you tell us that story this is supposed to be uplifting this is supposed to be uh, you know this great moment on a sunday morning the reason i tell you that is there's people in this room that need us to be our elijah that says i'm gonna call fire down from heaven i'm not gonna be the elijah in the cave saying i want to die and give up no my god is more powerful than that do you realize that there are people sitting here in this room and they're they're dying on the inside. They need somebody to notice them. They need somebody to be sensitive, to be led by the Holy Spirit, to be led to not allow them to walk out of this service today without you going up to them and saying, I just got to let you know that God laid you on my heart, and I want you to know I'm praying for you. I'm not here to get in your business. I'm not here to judge you or condemn you. I'm not here to say, what are you doing? I'm here to tell you that God said, tell you. He loves you, and he cares about you and he's tapping you on the shoulder and he is saying get up and eat for the journey is too much for you let me tell you today that if we have all the excuses in the world why to give up and why to say God take my life God's got a million more reasons why he wants you to be free he wants you to be delivered and he wants you to walk out of church realizing you have a purpose this week you have a purpose this week. And the purpose is understanding that God cares about where you are. I'm reminded of the image after the Super Bowl a week ago today in which the camera panned to the San Francisco 49ers. He was just sitting on the bench 
confetti was falling. All the chiefs were just shouting and happy. They're the world champs. All the chief fans are clapping, shouting, jumping, celebrating. But I couldn't help but look at a face of someone that has lived their entire life to get to this point. And they lose in overtime. Because they didn't even know the rules. They didn't even know some of the things that were going to go on. In fact, some of them, when the score of the touchdown by the Kansas City Chiefs, did you notice the delayed response of even the reporters running out on the field? Because a lot of people didn't even know what happened. But the game was over. Do you know that in a far greater way, when the trumpet sounds, the game will be over? Are you ready? Are you ready? Or will you sit on the sideline, tears in your eyes, and say, what happened? I used to go to church. I used to live for God. I used to eat of his word and pray. What happened? I want everybody to stand with me, if you would, please. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today, and I thank you, Lord, that you are a God of the God of second chances, and you are the God that understands our pain. God, our, our pain is, is real. But please, Lord, don't let our pain be what defeats us. there are people here today that they need something to happen they need literally God to tap them on the shoulder they need a touch from God today they're in a cave they're overwhelmed they're hurting they're hurting. They're carrying the weight that they just wish. They could wake up one day and not have to think about it, not have to endure it. The addiction that nobody else knows about, the pain that nobody else knows about, the cave that they've run to, the, the isolation. God, I... What a powerful, powerful illustration of the highs and the lows. 
You can go from calling down fire from heaven, literally consuming the altar, consuming 450 prophets of Baal. And Lord, within a matter of moments, you're running to a cave. Lord, we have no idea what's going to happen in 2024, but you do. And you've got the food for us to make it. The journey will be not too much because we will choose to get up and eat. And drink of the cup that says if we will drink of his cup, we will never thirst again. We will never search again. If we will eat of his body, we will never hunger again. God, today I pray, Lord, that there be nobody in this room that is so overwhelmed that they're ready to give up. They're overwhelmed with life. They're overwhelmed with the pain. They're overwhelmed. And they need a touch from God today with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. We're going to take one moment as we close out this service and just simply ask who in the service right now would just be honest and say, Ron, you know what? It's as simple as this. This message was for me. I am being attacked. I am under attack. And I need all the help that God can give me. Raise your hand right now. Raise it, raise it, raise it, raise it, raise it, raise it. Come on. If you got your hand raised, I want you to come right now to this altar and meet me right now. Come on. Everybody that just raised their hand, quickly, hurry. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Hurry. Please come. Please, please, please. Please, everybody that just raised your hand, even if you didn't raise your hand, but you know this message is for you. Come on, quickly. Hurry. This is your time. You're under attack. And God's saying, I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to touch you by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to move in your life. Come on. Come on. Come on, church. Pray. There are people right now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke every strategy of the enemy, and I refuse to allow anybody to walk out of here carrying their weight of their pain. I pray right now that nobody is in an isolated, dark, lonely cave I break through every barrier, every lie, every deception of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. Come on. Meet us down here. Come on down. Come on down. Come on. We're going to pray for you. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come. Any, any of the staff members that can come and begin to pray with these that have come down here. But if you haven't come down for prayer yet and you need prayer, come on. Quickly come. And we're going to pray and we're going to believe that God is going to do something right now that only God can do. That only God can do, that only God can do right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We began to break through. Come on, church. I want you to reach out your hands and I want you to pray for everybody that's up here. Come on, I want you to pray right now. I want you to pray for them right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we call out to you and we pray, Lord, and we ask God that you would do the impossible. God, that you would do the impossible.